It's our headline segment tonight and of course a big chunk of our focus uh, insofar as latest developments are concerned. We touched on some of it earlier insofar as the RAND's performance is concerned. But uh, very much uh, what we want to talk about uh, tonight with SABC political reporter Samgela Masego has to do with uh, the uh, finding by the Section 89 independent panel on Parapala that President Ramaphosa may have committed a serious violation of the law and serious misconduct. Uh, um, insofar as that particular matter is concerned. And I'm joined on the line by Samgele uh, to give us the latest insofar as this is concerned. Masego, good evening, brother. You well? A very good evening to you, Abong, and to the listeners. I'm very well, thanks, Vanessa. I can't complain, my brother. Thank you very much for taking time out to join us. Yesterday, we saw uh, former Chief Justice Sandy Lengobo, Mapoloba, uh, I guess, uh, um, you know, uh, delivering uh, or handing over uh, the findings of that panel, which had asked for a slight extension, but they have certainly brought this one across the line. Um, uh, what do you make, I guess, of um, you know what has subsequently happened since the release of that report? Because you would recall that it was report- released last night. We were on air when that happened. What has subsequently happened in the last 24 hours? Essentially, what has transpired in the last 24 hours is that the political machination within the governing party are in full swing. Mm. There's been meetings galore throughout the course of the day from the various political perspectives and factions within the ANC. And the president has pretty much been engaged in consultation with his legal team out in Cape Town, trying to chart a way forward. We do know that he was meant to address the nation earlier on this evening, which was then touted with the president opting to fight on when it comes to the political imaginations of the ANC going toward the 55th National Conference of the Party in a mere 13 to 12 days' time. So essentially what is transpiring is that the president of the ANC has chosen to put on his boxing gloves and has chosen to go into the ring. Hmm. So, so when you say he's chosen to put in his boxing gloves and go into the ring, excuse me, what, what does that involve? That essentially involves Abonga that he's going to probably be taking this report on legal review, mm. is going to be fighting politically inside the ANC NEC to have the NEC not recall him. He's not going to resign at his, as head of state at the moment. Essentially speaking to one of his supporters, they are saying that we live to fight for another day, which essentially means that they are essentially preparing themselves to go to war. I do know that his particular core of perspective will be meeting later on this evening to chart a way forward going towards the ANC's meeting, which will take place tomorrow afternoon. So in essence, it's game on, it's battle time. We are essentially going back to that era of former President Jacob Zuma fighting for his political survival over Nkandla. It's now still Ramaphosa fighting for his political survival over Palapala. Mm, mm, mm. Now, now, I guess the, you know, the other element for me in this, in this one that I, I, I'd like to hear some of your perspective on, uh, many people have asked the implications that this will have for the interpretation of the, I guess, you know, letter and spirit of this whole step-aside provision. Um, because if indeed it is found that he has an impeachable case to answer, even before it is brought before the courts or the two houses of parliament, there are many already making the case for his, you know, step-aside or exit stage left. I mean, you had a chat with Tony Yengeni, uh, one of the uh, members of the National Executive Committee earlier on today, and he's certainly making that kind of case. What have you heard from some of your sources who are close to the president, insofar as that is concerned? Eventually, the biggest threat to the president now is having a report, an adverse report, 
from the Integrity Commission, which may recommend for him to step aside. But you'd know that uh, even the Limkiza has an adverse, uh, an adverse finding from the National from the National from the Integrity Commission of the party, which recommends that he also step aside. Mm. But he has not effectively stepped aside. So essentially, those that is the conundrum that the president of the ANC is faced with politically inside the African National Congress. Mm. But when it comes to the issues pertaining to step aside. He can't step aside at this point in time because he has not been legally charged. And if he takes a report on legal review without a charge, I'm not sure what the law says about this particular matter. And the case has not yet been opened. So no one has uh, or a case or the president has not yet been charged on these matters pertaining to Palapala. So it essentially moves to an issue of becoming a political contestation within the African National Congress. We know the National Executive Committee was set to uh, convene an emergency meeting earlier on today. It's been postponed to tomorrow. We also know the President was set to address uh, the nation this evening. That's also been uh, ostensibly, I guess, pushed forward to tomorrow uh, following the meeting there of the National Executive Committee. What what um, are we to expect from that uh, convening of uh, the highest decision-making body in between conferences? What we can, we can essentially expect within the next uh, few hours is that there are going to be overnight meetings today from the various perspectives within the African National Congress. Mm. The perspective against ANC presidents did meet during the course of the day today. They are going to be meeting as well later. Those who support President Cyril Ramaphosa are meeting later on tonight to chart a way forward on what is their strategy going to be going into the National Executive Committee of the African National Congress. Hence, I'm saying that the president of the ANC has chosen to put on his boxing gloves and has chosen to go inside the ring and take his political detractors head on also with his political allies, which means that it's going to be an all-out war within that National Executive Committee of the African National Congress in order to have the ANC NEC come out in full support of the ANC president come that post-NEC meeting, press briefing that will be conducted by the acting secretary general of the ANC, Paul Shipoko Mashakili. So, 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 I mean, the other issue, uh, Samgela, here, um, and I want to hear your perspective on this. I mean, all the rumors and the murmurs that uh, the president, if he had spoken to the nation tonight, would have uh, been announcing his resignation. Uh, I must say, I mean, having not followed a lot of the reportage earlier on today, I was uh, rather taken aback by that. Um, wh- what do you make of that? And uh, what, are, what is your sense of um, whether or not indeed there is some veracity to some of these rumors and the claims that are being made? There is a veracity to these claims that are being made. The mm. various interviews we had during the course of the day, the various sources we spoke to, it was pretty clear that Cyril Ramaphosa had uh, essentially taken a decision to resign as head of state or to take a leave of absence uh, as the head of state. What transpired is that his generals, his lieutenants, uh, his right-hand men decided to work extensively on persuading him as of last night he had taken that particular decision, but he's not prepared to take the ANC through a battery within the public domain. He'll mm. say whatever is left of the image and of the brand ANC and gracefully walk away and fight for his own future outside. But as you know in South African politics, once you lose political power, you're not in the top echelons of the ANC, 
you are very vulnerable uh, to legal contestation and to be challenged legally by your political detractors, to be held by courts of law. But very young, when you look at the current generation, the likes of Ronald Lamula, who have said you must live to fight another day. You can't just buckle down to your political detractors on a silver platter, but you must fight head on. At least let us get through the Rubicon of the 55th National Conference. Mm. And then from there, you can ultimately take your decision to leave. You spoke to a few people. You didn't only speak today to uh, Tony Yengeni. Uh, you also spoke to the Provincial Secretary in Guazul Natal and uh, maybe share some of what came out of that and even in other discussions you might have had with um, you know, uh, office bearers of the African National Congress. Essentially, Pejimtolo is saying that the president of the ANC must take the right decision, he must introspect, and he must save the ANC from mm. the embarrassment that the ANC went through during Nkanda. He must not drag the ANC name throughout these all processes, as they've got an election to fight in 2024. If these issues of the president are prolonged from next year, 2023, June, they have to start their elections campaign. And this issue may overcloud or shroud the ANC campaign in 2024. These are some of the matters that Big Dollar is raising. And I was pretty much pleading with President Ramaphosa for him to listen to his political conscience and simply just walk away gracefully. Mm. The other, I guess, um, you know, thing that uh, comes to mind is... um the implication of this, so, so let's assume just for argument's sake that the parliamentary process that subsequently follows the Section 89 panel will take us into early next year and the president does not resign. What does that mean for the 55th National Conference is kicking off on the 16th um, and the type of or the tenor of the discussions that will be had there, least of all the electoral outcomes? The 55th National Conference, the focus now shifts to the president, to the presidency of the ANC. Mm. The focus shifts to who becomes the deputy president in Nasrat 2022. Because whoever becomes deputy president in Nasrat 2022 will become president of the country should the ANC win the election faster than we think. Because it will ultimately mean if Sir Ramaphosa wins the 55th National Conference, gets a deputy president of his choosing. That person may ultimately become the president of the country with Cyril Ramaphosa trying to avoid an impeachment if that process is already ongoing and he can see that he may ultimately lose that process and be impeached and lose everything. He may ultimately decide to say, I'll govern for two years or so and then hand over the reins of the country to you and pull a Nelson Mandela that was done to Tabo Mbeki, where you saw mm. Nelson Mandela pretty much being the figurehead of the country, but the actual person who was running the show, who was running government, who was running the country, was former, was former then Deputy President Tabo Mbeki. So he may like to model his presidency around that same era as Nelson Mandela. Hence, it was no surprise to me when it came out today that he is anticipating on addressing the nation after these palapala uh, findings by and recommendations by the Section 89 uh, Committee sanctioned by Parliament, which essentially came up with this recommendation that he may have violated his oath of office, may have bre- broken 
uh, Section 36, Subsection 1 of the Tricker Act, which essentially means that he may have wanted to address the nation, take the nation into his confidence, pretty much like what former President Nelson Mandela used to do when Chris Hani was assassinated by Yanis Walush. And on a number of events that are very topical within the country and mm. were raising a serious political heads amongst the electorate in the country, former President Mandela would just simply go to the SABC and address the nation. President Ramaphosa likes to model his presidency pretty much along, along the era of his icon, his mentor, his political ideologue, his political idol, Nelson Mandela. Hmm. The other thing, Samgela, I want to just uh, quickly broach with you before we let you go. Uh, we also saw um, former Deputy President of the ANC and former President of the Republic, Halima Mutlante, earlier on today announcing uh, those nominated, uh, 200 names there, <laughs> top 200 nominations for additional members of the National Executive Committee. Uh, yeah, what do you make of some of the names that have come through there? I must say, uh, you know, uh, interesting. Sihlas Galala, uh, 1,447 nominations. Uh, also saw there, um, you know, uh, let me just think, Andile Lungisa, Umbanjwa, they're getting uh, over 1,000 nominations. And um, also, I guess, seeing... Very senior people, um, they're also uh, getting some nominations and some not. Oh, in the arrogance of numbers. Adila Lungisa is loved in the ANC. That's one thing you can't take away from Banjo. He's a people's person. He's a ground person. Ordinary members of the ANC love Adila sure. Lungisa. Uh, He's uh, a pretty much troubled political uh, individual. But he's loved in the roots of the ANC. Maluzi Kikaba, another one, loved mm. by the structures of the African National Congress, but tainted when it comes to issues of governance, Guptas, and everything. Sikhazigalala, I'm not surprised. Sikhazigalala is that character that is loved in the ANC, but was abandoned by his own province. Loved by structures in the ANC across the country, abandoned by his province. Mm. So it's no surprise that they were at the top of these nominations. The interesting one was them to do the Manana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting because a number of people Top have three. been complaining about him to do Manana and the appeals as the chairperson of the National uh, uh, Committee of Appeals mm. when it comes to disputes within the various conferences that have been taking place. But those high numbers tell a story that this generation of youth leaguers from that era of 2006, 2006, 7, 8 of Figilam Balula, uh, Sikha Prior to that, Malusi Kikaba. After that, Mtutuz Manana, Ronald Lamula, Tembinka Dimeng. David Masson, yeah, seems, it seems like that top David five. Mm, mm, that that yeah. generation is seemingly claiming their rightful place in the leadership of the African National Congress. David Makura, that generation mm. is coming out to the fore. And in the words of David Masondo, that is the rightful generation that should be leading the ANC at this point in time. And it looks as if they are gearing themselves up to take the mantle of leadership within the party. You make a very interesting point, because when I look now again at this top 10, the top 10 people who have been nominated for these additional roles in the NEC, um, I comfortably will say nine out of the 10, save for maybe Togoti Tiza, nine out of that top 10 have been part of the you know, post-apartheid ANC Youth League, post the year 2000, um, or maybe post, I guess, the, the late 90s, if I can uh, put it that way. So, indeed, I think the point you're making uh, is a rather interesting one, that they would be at the top of this list here, 
um, makes it seem like, you know, I mean, somebody like David Mabuza, for instance, um, he appears in the list, let me just get this right, um, much, much lower in the list of 200, um, potentially around 115, uh, David Mabuza there, uh, 210 uh, nominations coming in, uh, and uh, many others there, uh, seemingly at the bottom end of um, that 200 that we see. Essentially, it means that the ANC is realizing that they need a younger generation in the top echelons of the party to be able to compete with the economic freedom fighters head on. Because the electorate in South Africa is very young, despite that young people don't go out and vote. But those who do go out and vote, particularly within your urban provinces like Gauteng, KwaZulu-Natal, you go to certain parts of the Western Cape, those provinces are seeing a younger generation that is very agitated, a younger generation that is sitting in the townships, that is sitting in the rural areas, that that is sitting in informal settlements, that is not working, that is being attracted by the EFF. We are seeing an older generation of the ANC, which has become sleepists, which are sleeping in Parliament, sleeping in NEC meetings, which has run out of new ideas. It tells you that those who are in their early 40s, mid 40s, um, late early 50s, they are seemingly saying, if we don't take this organization now, these pensioners are going to take this thing to the ground because the only thing they are worried about is their pensions. So the likes of David Masondo, Ronald Lamula, David Makura, you go to Andy Lungisa, you go to Mtuduz Manana, Ronald Lamula, Tembinka Dimeng, they are essentially saying it's our time now, and even with us, we are not here to stay long. It's also surprising that you see intellectuals within the ANC, technocrats in the ANC, bureaucrats, your nominations of the likes of Dr. Hossi Antoramahupa, mm. a shining star within the ANC, mm. rejected by his province, Gauteng, which is in the doldrums politically, ideologically bankrupt. You've got a bunch of uh, people who shout in those PEC meetings. Mm. They are all deploying to do Manana. At some point, they have to tell the PEC of Gauteng that they must not invite him to these PEC meetings because they don't behave like the ANC. It's like a SASCO branch, uh, like branch meeting in mm. some universities that they are behaving like drunkards. So it tells you that a particular generation that has been rejected by their provinces Mm. is now seemingly finding resonance nationally and being supported by their other provinces. Let's leave it there, my brother, for tonight. It's Andras Rulikan and Yabong.